0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. The God of heaven and earth called a man named Moses up the mountain to meet with him. And upon this mountain, God gave Moses the law. He was to deliver these Ten Commandments to the people of God to show them the way of love towards God and towards your neighbor. Unfortunately, this law of love that Moses brought down the mountain, it showed man where he was unloving. And to this day, the law of God Condemns the sin in our life. That means it condemns the areas where we fail to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, where we fail to love our neighbor as ourselves. The law that God had Moses bring down the mountain, it brings us condemnation, not salvation. But thanks be to God, someone greater than Moses has come. As Moses before him, Jesus, seeing the crowds, went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, he called his disciples up to him. Who were the disciples going up on the mountain to meet? Jesus did not go up on the mountain to meet with God himself. Jesus is God, who called the disciples up on the mountain to meet him. He wanted to show them what he came to do. He says to them, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, that law that Moses brought down from the mountain. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a Yoda, that's an alphabet of the Hebrew alphabet, not a dot, shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. In other words, Jesus is saying, the law that I gave to Moses, it was me who gave it to him, That law that condemns you and shows you the sin that resides in your heart, sin where love is meant to be. I have come to fulfill this law of love on your behalf. I have not come to condemn you, but rather I have come to save you. He says, Come now. Let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Jesus called his disciples up to meet with him. And he would, after his death and resurrection, he would send those disciples down the mountain down the mountain of his ascension. With this charge, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, Jesus would send them down the mountain of his ascension with a new message, not a new law, but a message of reconciliation. A message that now, where there was condemnation, there is peace. All things hold together, making peace by the blood of his cross. And he washes you with water and the word. In other words, he washes you in the blood of the lamb. And Jesus on the mount, that he's up there with his disciples. Jesus on that mount opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This describes Jesus perfectly. For even though he knew all things were given into his hands, Jesus regarded himself as nothing. He was poor in spirit. He who had all things got down on his hands and knees and washed the feet of those that he created. And in Christ, you too are poor in spirit. We come to God recognizing and confessing that we are not greater than we are. We confess our low estate. One of the first things that we did when we gathered was said, I am a poor, miserable sinner, and I can hear with my ear, I'm standing right next to another poor, miserable sinner. Together, we are poor in spirit. We come, as poor people do, asking for gifts that we could never earn on our own. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus continues, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus was a man of sorrows. He sorrowed over those who would reject the salvation that he came to bring. Those who rejected his baptism. In sorrow, Jesus cried as he was coming down a mountain. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood, but you would not. This made Jesus, the Son of God, weep. A man of sorrows. And we too mourn. We are sojourners here. Heaven is our home. We are exiles here. And your purpose for being here, it is for those who do not yet know Jesus. Those who are not yet washed in the blood of the Lamb. Those who are not yet baptized. That is your purpose. And we cry. I've cried many tears over family members who would not receive who have not yet received Jesus. I cry over a brother who is not yet baptized. We are people of sorrow. We will be comforted. We not only sorrow for the lost here, we suffer pain ourselves. We get sick. We have ailments. We lose loved ones. This past year, I lost my grandma Herman, uh, who is now with the Lord. At her, uh, at her funeral, um, I could hardly contain my sorrow. I will be comforted. Even as my grandma, who su- suffered sorrow uh, at the loss of her husband, One day God will wipe away every tear from my eyes, as he has now wiped away every tear from grandma's eyes. Blessed are those who mourn. Jesus continued, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This shows that even though the kingdom of heaven is ours, as he stated earlier, meaning we are the church triumphant, we are not yet the church at rest. When Jesus was on earth, the kingdom of heaven, it resided in his very person, but he had work to do. The night before he died on the cross for our sins, the Bible says that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweat as though it were drops of blood for the pain that he would have to endure. And he was meek as he stood before Pontius Pilate. This guy, Jesus, all things were created through him. And here he is holding back all the glory that he could knock us all down with. We too have heaven as our home. We are the church. The Bible says that God washed you with water and the word to present you spotless without wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. You are going to be glorious. And yet now, nobody would recognize you from anybody else. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And based on his merits, Jesus was the only one who this applies to. He alone fulfilled the law that condemns us all. And yet in his fulfilling of the law, Jesus himself becomes The food that satisfies us. He is the bread that comes down from heaven. He is true bread. He is living water. He alone can quench our thirst. And on that day when Jesus appears, the Bible says that we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. All this groaning... If you're older, the aches and the pains. If you're younger, the anxiety, the doubt, the depression. All this stuff, it will be set aside on that day when you see your Redeemer's eyes. Everything will be made right and you will be satisfied. Jesus proclaims, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And he teaches his church to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. He is the one who is merciful. He does not give us what our sins deserve, but he who knew no sin became our sin. And as we have been forgiven, we cannot help but forgive those who sin against us. And yet it's true. Chances are you have struggled or struggle with this, forgiving others. And yet when we struggle with this, we pray to God. We recognize that even in this area we have trouble... We say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit before you. I can't forgive. Forgive me. Change me. And I know this prayer will be answered. You will forgive. We desire to forgive as we've been forgiven and he himself changes our hearts and makes our hearts like his. There can be no grudges in heaven. Blessed are the merciful, for they have received mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus once said that no one has seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This means that only Jesus has seen God, and yet in Jesus, we see God. Jesus said to Philip, or Philip said to Jesus, Show us the Father, Jesus, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus responded to him, Have I not been with you for so long? And you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In Jesus, who we see in the word and sacrament, is God. And Jesus is the pure in heart who laid down his life to make even you, even you, and even me, to make us pure. He who washed us and gives us his body and blood to eat and drink will one day wipe away every tear from our eyes as we behold him face to face. That is awesome to think about. You know, Job, even in all his pain, even in all his sorrow, He said, I know my Redeemer lives, and one day I shall see him, I and not another, in my own flesh. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. He alone brings peace by the blood of his cross, as we said before in him all things hold together and you know what you carry the name of god with you wherever you go you were born again you carry the name of yahweh you carry with you the one who washed away the sins of the world that makes you a peacemaker Don't say you don't have what it takes. You have Jesus. You have what it takes. You are a peacemaker. You carry with you the hope that alone brings peace to a world that's hurting. And it's hurting, isn't it? It is. It's hurting. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And Jesus continues with an impossible blessing. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Only Jesus was persecuted for being sinless. You you definitely haven't. (laughs) I haven't. Only Jesus has. And he was ultimately killed for a true statement. That he is the son of the living God. Only he. Only he is persecuted for righteousness sake. And as he was persecuted. He says father forgive them. For they know not what they do. And with these words and his death. His death that followed. The kingdom that should have crushed us. Because of our sin, that same kingdom makes us righteous by the word of God. And Jesus tells us, switching from him, self, he then looks at you. And he says, blessed are you. When others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He was telling his disciples that even though, I'm talking to 12 of you right now and you see them in the thing, they were called up from the crowd. He says, even though 10 of you will die Because you will not deny me. And one of you will be exiled into a life of solitude. Because you will not deny me. You are blessed. They were not alone. He's saying you are not alone. Behold I am with you. He told them on the mount of the ascension. Always to the very end of the age. He was letting them know also, look, the prophets that went before you. There is a great cloud of witnesses that surround you. You are not alone. You are not outnumbered as you stand before the Sanhedrin. You are not outnumbered at Peter as you die crucified upside down. You are not alone. I am with you. The great cloud of witnesses surrounds you. And today we will sing holy, holy, holy all the saints adore thee. We will sing cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee. We sing with angels, archangels. We sing with all the company of heaven. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we know our family members who have died in the faith are gathered around the table also. Because Jesus is in the Supper, and where Jesus is, so are the saints of God. So if a day ever comes when you are persecuted for the faith, remember you are blessed. I believe that a day of persecution is coming. I wonder, you know, I often think, and this is not to make you feel guilty, but maybe a little bit of self-examination. I often think, if it's very hard for us to get to church without any persecution at all, which it is, isn't it? I mean... It's tough for me sometimes, even though I'm paid to be here and have to be here, and somebody would be calling me if I didn't show up. (laughs) But it's hard, isn't it? What will it be like if you have to suffer possible death in order to get to church? If somebody spots you going to meet with the believers? Something to think about. If a day ever comes when you are persecuted for that faith which you hold. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died for that faith. But you know what? Jesus says they were blessed. I pray that you hold on to your blessing as well. If you are ever called upon to die for the faith that made you born again when you were washed with water in the word. We stand when we take part, I guess we kneel, but we kneel. We kneel with the saints in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Yes, today we celebrate the blessed. We honor all who have been made saints through the message of reconciliation that Jesus' disciples carried with them as they came down the mount of... Listen to this. They came down a lot of mountains. That message of reconciliation that Jesus' disciples carried with them when they came down from the sermon on the mount When they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. When they came down the Mount from Jesus' Ascension. And as they traveled down those mountains, they carried the word that makes sinners like us into people who are truly blessed. The word that makes us sinners. That's what we are, guys. We're not fooling anybody. I hope I don't fool you. I am a sinner saved by grace. And it's that word that made sinners even like me, even like you, into saints. In the name of Jesus, the Blessed One. Amen.